0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Does your fantasy team need a new running back? Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars may need a new running back as they let go of Leonard Fournette, not only did they let him go, they didn't get anything in return for him at all. Over 1,100 receiving yards last year. A lot of receptions and a former first-round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Great running back also at LSU is without a home. Welcome to our second hour of Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. And Joe, I would say that's the biggest surprise as we head toward the season in terms of a player that was released. I can tell you it won't be the last surprise. This happens every year in the NFL Certainly, Fournette isn't to the degree of Andrew Luck retiring, but we'll have to see where he ends up because that's going to be heavily watched in terms of where his fantasy value is for this season.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, in the fantasy community, I would say that is the equal ripple effect. Like you're talking about a massive moment where everybody's kind of in shock at looking around at each other. But yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good uh, equalization there between those two. And uh, I think Leonard Fournette will end up somewhere. I really don't think he's going to sit out all year. Some team is going to go after him. So let's just, everybody take a breath. Who's already drafted Leonard Fournette. Let's not freak out. The sky isn't falling yet. Let's see what happens. Maybe he ends up in a better spot. Everybody always wants to make gloom and doom and all these terrible things are going to happen. Leonard Fournette's never going to play again unlikely. Somebody's going to sign him. Let's see what role he ends up, what team he ends up with. And who knows? Maybe it'll even be better. But I got to say, Jacksonville, uh, right now, they have Chris Thompson. They got Rykel Armstead. I mean, Jay Gruden's going to have to go back to uh, his old boy, Chris Thompson, and kind of make things work here. Because I don't know, man. this is going to be a tough year, I think. And you want to support a young quarterback like Gardner Minchin. What are you doing getting rid of Fournette, Craig? It doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Look, it's it's part of the NFL. The the Jaguars clearly are not going to be a good team. But the question is, are they the worst team in the NFL? And we saw this last year with Miami. They looked like the worst team in the league, and they were not. So I would say to keep an eye on that for sure. I would also disagree. I don't think, uh, unless he ends up in Tampa Bay, there is no better spot uh, to me for Fournette than Jacksonville, because to me, there's no clear-cut running spot. Now, you could throw the Bears out there, sure, but uh, you don't invest and move up to take David Montgomery in a draft to just dismiss this guy and get Leonard Fournette. I'm not saying that that couldn't happen. Uh, But the one thing that I would tell you is that Carlos Hyde is a great example of a guy who was completely discarded and ended up putting together a really good fantasy football season last year. That was because Lamar Miller was hurt. For every Carlos Hyde, Joe, guys like this that are discarded, there's 10 others that don't amount to anything. And that would be my concern with Fournette, specifically for this year. I think he'll bounce back in 2021, and I think he'll be in a great spot. There is a week to go to the season. He's got to learn a brand-new playbook. The first few weeks, if you end up with Fournette, I don't think will be optimal. But look, second half of the season, things could change, although they could trade Fournette. Fournette could end up somewhere he could be traded. It's just a mess. So we will take that deep breath, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. And I think that that's tomorrow or the next day he'll end up with a new spot, I would guess. Uh, Okay, MLB trade deadline is today. And, of course, uh, Mike Clevenger was moved to the Padres. That's the big deal thus far. Mike Miner was moved to Oakland. That will help them as well. Uh, Everyone will be watching tonight's Rockets-Thunder game. We'll preview that later on. With Adam Ronis, looking forward to that conversation. Hey, good news for Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers. They need him week one, and he is back. We mentioned Leonard Fournette. He, of course, is a free agent. Two elimination games tonight in the NHL. Tampa Bay leads Boston 3-1 to in that series, and Dallas leads Colorado. They'll probably, I would guess, close that out. 3-1 to Dallas, is a pretty good team. Uh, so, Joe, a lot of uh, moves being made in, in basically all leagues, NFL, and we're also keeping an eye on the trade deadline in Major League Baseball. I know from my perspective, my expectation is, is uh, if you are an owner of Jonathan VR of the Miami Marlins, I believe come four o'clock Eastern, he's going to have a new home. That's what I could tell you here on the show today.
2: Yeah, it, it's been a much uh, busier deadline. Than I think either of us might have anticipated. It's been a lot of movement shaking. We thought it might be dead in terms of deadline, but it hasn't been. And, you know, we kind of glossed over it, but if Debo Samuel is healthy to go to week one, you've seen such a discount on him in early drafts. It's been unbelievable. He's been going as like a wide receiver five because people are just afraid of injuries, and I understand that. That's perfectly fair, but he is by far the best guy they have in that wide receiver core, and they need him in the worst way, so hopefully he's not pushing it too much too soon, because the last thing you want is for this guy to get hurt again, but this is a a huge win for this offense and his fantasy value, if indeed he is healthy enough to play week one. So if he is getting any kind of discount in any draft you've got coming up this weekend, pay close attention to Debo Samuel's ADP.
1: Yeah, and uh, and look, he's a, he's a great. I think he's going to be a great receiver if he can be healthy. There's no there's no doubt about that. As we welcome in our uh, radio audience, let's go through uh, a couple of other different news and notes in fantasy football. Adam Kaplan, uh, who covers the NFL, uh, said that uh, Miles Sanders is having a hard time getting through uh, his hamstring injury. And Joe, I'm wondering for the drafts that were being performed this weekend. I know a lot of people were very high on Sanders. I probably uh, am the highest on their other player who got hurt this weekend, Jalen Rieger. That was a devastating yeah. injury for me, and and why I don't draft until now. But uh, that was one that really hurt me because I'm a big big fan of that player. But uh, look, he's an afterthought, unfortunately. Now I would guess a much later round pick than he was. Eagles are going to have all kinds of of issues at wide receiver. Uh, the report there's another report today that Alshon Jeffrey is going to miss the first week, and so. I don't know that I would bet the Eagles under to start the season, but there are, there are a lot of creeping up injuries with this team here. I don't know how they win the first couple games of the year.
2: Yeah, it is. And it's kind of going back to my narrative. I think the giants are going to be a better football team than people realize they had a good draft. And I think they're going to be more competitive early on. And the Eagles are in a bad spot right now because Rhaegar was getting great reports out of camp. Everyone's saying, oh, this kid's really ready to take a step in this offense. It's going to be fantastic. And this injury is going to miss about four weeks. It looks like potentially. So that's something to understand. And look, we'll see how far that decreases his ADP. Jeffrey could miss even more time than that, potentially, according to some of the sources out there. So keep an eye on that. So it really comes down to Deshaun Jackson, Arsega Whiteside, uh, it's going to be people like that kind of stepping up to that void ward as well on, on that. So it's going to be crazy right now. The Eagles are in a tough spot and poor Carson Wentz, man. They can't get a wide receiver for this guy, no matter how hard they try.
1: All right. We got to take a quick break here on the show More DFS information coming up next. Jeff Collins from number ball joins us who to play tonight in baseball. He's got some ideas.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Well, the baseball season is officially halfway over, and I know there's a lot of people that are going to be focused in on football and fantasy drafts, and of course, We always hear from Adam Ronis on the NBA, but we thought that we would talk a little bit more extensively on the Monday edition for DFS, because I know a lot of people have made money just by following Jeff Collins for many years. He's one of the best in the business in terms of daily fantasy sports. Of course, over on the Roto Pass, you can access his picks. You can access all his opinions, but also numberball.com is his website, and he's done a great job since he's sort of taken over the DFS industry in terms of baseball. And we want to get all his opinions today today. See if we can help people out in terms of starting pitching, because that is really what's moving the needle in baseball these days. If you can get a pitcher like Giolito to throw a no-hitter for you, the rest of your lineup
3: may not matter all that much. Jeff, thanks for coming on Fantasy Sports Today. Really appreciate it. I will take any opportunity that I can get to talk about pitching. That's kind of my deal. So uh, let's get get it, man. All right. So uh, look, Monday is always a strange day in
1: baseball, especially, I think, today because you're going to have, I would say, really three games in the afternoon and then the rest of the games under the lights. And it's always problematic to try and find good starting pitching. So conceptually speaking, Jeff, for you this year, and with all of the changes and all of the TBDs on the schedule, how have you been able to come up with pitchers that you think can succeed on a daily basis by taking the chance of being at lock with a guy that gets scratched an hour or two before the game?
3: Yeah, I think it's been... The the challenges have kind of shifted from, in the beginning of the season, uh, kind of anticipated that guys were going to be on pitch counts and not necessarily pitch very deep into the games. We're going to see three, four innings from a lot of guys in, in DFS, which is my specialty. It's just you've got uh, expensive pitchers like Max Scherzer maybe, and if he goes four innings, there's just no way he's going to pay off. So. But right. one thing we took advantage of early is just avoiding those expensive guys. And you take the cheaper guys, you know, and maybe not as much upside with those guys, but you get it elsewhere from your bats or or whatever. So like that was kind of the challenge in the beginning. now we're we're just dealing with a lot of chaos with, like you're saying you've got probable pitchers that are changing with a lot of uh, recent double headers and everything. It's just trying to adjust on the fly. But I think anytime you add that element of chaos where, People can't just sit on this information they've had all day and spend four hours researching guy, and they have to a- adjust their thinking and-, and think on the fly. That's where these skilled players have the advantage.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, go to numberball.com. You can see all of Jeff work, Jeff's work. He's been in the industry for a long period of time and does this at a very high level. Speaking of the highest of levels, Jeff, it's like ace day, I think, today in DFS because, of course, we're going to have Garrett Cole on the bump. We're going to have Shane Bieber on the bump. Uh, Max Fried is on the bump as well, and they're priced accordingly on FanDuel, but I, I think most people will be interested to hear your thoughts on taking a pitcher in DFS and paying up for a pitcher after he throws a no-hitter like Lucas Giolito did last time out. Uh, you've seen no-hitters through the years. Some people say, guys, start off with a no-hitter. They have great years the rest of the year because they're really locked in. There's others that say usually they go in the tank. I mean, I don't, I don't think that there's any real definitive word in DFS, so when we start off with Ah, uh, Giolito, which way would you lean with him against the twins
3: I think the narrative of guys coming off a no hitter and then pitching poorly having lower expectations uh, expectations is generally uh, a good theory but a lot of that is attributed to super high workloads that they had in that no hitter stretching out to 130 pitches maybe you know and then all of a sudden you're pitching a a little bit fatigued you're you're coming off a start where you're maybe through the most pitches in your career a lot of these times but that's not what happened with giolito this last time my concern isn't necessarily around the no hitter but you can add to it there it's just the the fact that uh and this will sound stupid saying after he threw a no hitter but his stuff doesn't look as good this year and uh that's how bad the pirates are probably but um you look at his pitches, and they're more similar to what they were in 2018 with a, a little bit lower velocity, a little bit lower movement, and he's getting not that many swings out of the strike zone. And that's a good way to tell if a pitcher is being deceptive. One way is with called strikes, you can get guys that'll um, be deceptive and, and come outside the zone to inside the zone, and and that's still just as valuable. But with Giolito, his uh, outside-the-zone swing strike rate was a lot higher last year. His level this year... It's more comparable to what it was two seasons ago when he had like the 5.6 ERA or, or whatever. So you get a matchup against the Twins. Nobody's going to play the Twins today except me, I think, because <laughs> the, the thinking here is, too, just this matchup against the Twins is bad for him if his stuff is more similar like it was two years ago where the, the Twins, if they get pitches inside the zone— like you're making contact with. If they don't have to worry about the pitches outside of the zone and swinging at those, which with Giolito, it's not been a thing. Like, his outside-the-zone swing rate, just to give it some context, it's at the levels of, like, Desclafani and Eric Fetty. Like they, mm. that, it's, like, bottom two wow. on the slate today. So you get the Twins who don't have to worry about those pitches, and it's just the stuff in the zone. They're, like, the number five team in all of baseball when it comes to just pitches in the strike zone and making contact. So... I think the Twins, of course, they've got power and stuff. This is a team that has seen Giolito a lot over the last year. So I'm stacking up some Twins.
1: There you go. Jeff Collins telling you right there, play Twins tonight. Uh, look, uh, the the other game that's going to be interesting, at least for me, uh, Jeff, is the notion that, that it is the trade deadline. So you don't know exactly what's going to happen. And as we're doing this here in the morning, we still don't know 100%. But Max Free tonight of the Braves or is going to take on – uh, the Boston Red Sox, Colton Brewer is going to be uh, making his fourth start of the season for Boston. And, and look, this could be a Red Sox lineup, Jeff, with with less pieces. We just simply don't know at this stage they could also, uh, you know, have their full lineup out there when you're dealing with a trade deadline day. Ironically, uh, do you do you pre- prepare ahead for that or is it just not something to even look at and can't worry about?
3: Oh, you look at it. In my article two days ago, I said, hey, just stop playing Christian Vasquez until the the trade deadline because he's in rumors. It sounds like he's close to going to the right. You you don't know where guys are going to get traded or if they're going to get traded. But why take on that extra risk? Because you'd be in a situation where it's not that he's not in the lineup that day. It's that he's in the lineup. And then right before the game starts, nobody even knows. But he got scratched because he got traded and then you're screwed. Right. That's something that isn't super likely. But um those are things where it's just like why take on that additional risk? So I'm looking at it from that perspective of just identifying a couple guys who've been strongly in the rumors and that you just uh, might, might want to avoid. But um, other than that, we'll get the lineups, look at them and see if maybe we get some weaker lineups than we're used to seeing. And if those matchups improve or not, and uh, that could be a kind of a a low key way uh, under the radar way to take advantage of some situations. All right, let's
1: uh, end with this, Jeff, give me uh, any picture on the board here for today that you think that you'll be using in your uh, DFS lineups that we haven't talked about anyone on the board.
3: It feels like cheating to say Beaver, but uh, Beaver's just maybe the best pitcher in baseball. Maybe the Cy Young winner this year. He's incredible. He's got um, five, six pitches he can throw. He's thrown a a two-seamer once this year, even like he he has it there just in case he wants it, but he doesn't really throw it. Um, and he's just incredible and in a pretty good matchup too. So that's the guy that I know he's expensive, but a guy that I'd be spending up on.
1: All right. And uh, and Jeff, tell us a little bit more. I, I know people are familiar with Rotopass, certainly, because it gives you access to a lot of the different experts like yourself. Uh, but also, uh, I know you launched Numberball, and, and certainly you're having a lot of success with that. Tell people how they can get in on some of your DFS daily picks, both baseball, football, however you're going to be involved this uh, this coming season for football as well.
3: Sure. So I, I launched Rotopass Daily with Matthew Berry that we do during the football season, so that'll be coming up shortly. You can go check it out, though Rotopass Daily Dot com and then number balls the site that I run where baseball content I've got up every day I do a rundown literally literally seven days a week uh, I post my projections for people as well the personal projections that I use in all of my contests we've got some t- cool tools that we're using uh, that help break down certain things that I think are valuable that people don't necessarily look at and uh you can find me on twitter at jeff k collins
1: yep well jeff uh, thanks again for coming on the show we really appreciate it and uh, best of luck today and we'll look forward to catching up again real soon throughout the baseball season as we get toward the postseason can you believe it we're only a month away <laughs> from the postseason it
3: feels like we just started that's a weird year man thanks for having me on
1: All right, Jeff Collins with us. Uh, As you mentioned, number ball and uh, and roto pass. Uh, Jeff's been around in this industry for a long time. You want to follow him, of course, on Twitter as well. All right, uh, we got to take a quick break here on the show. Coming up a little bit later, we got some fantasy or reality to kick around, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Also, the Sports Grid 60, but we have more fantasy football discussion, of course, coming up. It is Fantasy Football Draft Week and Fantasy Football Draft Month as it comes to a close here in August. That means the NFL season is just one week from Thursday. Can you believe it? It's actually here. We'll take a quick timeout and be back with more fantasy sports today in just two minutes. Don't go away.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: And welcome back. Of course, it is Monday. That means the NBA is back on the court as we head to the next round of the NBA playoffs, at least in one series. But again, a couple of teams have moved on. A couple of teams are going to end up uh, heading to a sixth game. One of them, of course, is Houston and Oklahoma City. Can't wait to see that game later tonight. We'll preview it. But first, let's bring in Adam Ronis. A fantasy alarm, wager alarm, fantasyalarm.com. I know, uh, Adam, fantasy football season's coming fast and furious, but we got NBA
4: to catch up with here what's going on yeah there's a lot going on right now you know final month of the fantasy baseball season trying to wrap up those championships basketball wagering on the games and of course fantasy football right around the corner so uh, busy time right now
1: yeah and uh, and let, let's start off with uh, just the one game from yesterday and I know that you picked the Clippers to win it all and and look certainly Luca did everything he possibly could last night to keep Uh, Dallas in that game but man like I mean Kawhi Leonard when he was with San Antonio and and I know he's gone on and he's won a championship with the Raptors and has won championships with San Antonio but he now really honestly uh, Adam is taking his game even I think to another level now uh, with the Clippers and I mean there's no one that can stop this guy like he uh, there's a reason why he's the MVP of the league there's a reason why I guess they give him these days off during the regular season because now he is showing why he could be the single most important player in the NBA at this point. He was just fantastic yesterday.
4: Yeah, we saw signs of this in San Antonio. He just didn't have to be the guy there with some of the players they had on his team. And then he goes over to Toronto and brings them a championship. I mean, that's a big deal. I oh. mean, we know we know Toronto is still good, uh, but he was the difference maker last year. I mean, he just carried them. And going over to the Clippers, getting Paul George to come there. And that's why I like this team. Uh, they're very deep, too. You know, they got a very good bench. You know, we finally see Montrez Harrell come on a little bit. Uh, Lou Williams didn't even have a big game yesterday, and they still were able to win. So it's a very deep team. But, yeah, Kawhi Leonard's phenomenal on both sides of the ball. He just does, does so much. And you can understand why. They were going to take it easy with them, you know. They didn't have to play them on the back-to-backs. I said it, I think, a couple times with you. The Clippers did not the regular season meant nothing to them. You no, know, they I were just kind of gearing up for the postseason. The seed didn't really matter, especially, and, and it kind of worked out for them because home court doesn't matter. And even before we knew the pandemic was hitting, I had said, "Hey, if we get a Western Conference final of Lakers Clippers, they both play in that building. Like, what's the home court? Sure, there'll be more Lakers fans right. there." and then now you have this in the bubble so uh yeah i it took a little while for the clippers to get going they were a little shaky in the bubble play but i knew uh, i mean i told you game five i was like the clippers are going to win this game i'm confident they came out and they took control right away and yes chris porzingis being out certainly hurt dallas but dallas does have a bright future uh luca is so tough you got to give him a lot of credit coming back from that ankle injury now they need to add a couple of you know, some veteran toughness. You could see it. They need to improve the defense and they need to get a little tougher, maybe add a veteran, but, uh, and Porzingis has got to stay healthy. That's a big problem. You could see Knicks haven't done many things, right? But you could see why the Knicks didn't want to pay Porzingis.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And look, when Dallas won their championship a few years ago, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was Tyson Chandler who they brought in. And that was like their big enforcer type guy. And, and he did a lot for them. Uh, I think he was with them two different times, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I think that that's probably what Dallas is missing. And, uh, and Lakers Clippers will be the most anticipated Western Conference final. Well, Heat if we, like
4: we it. get it, <laughs> if we get it, I think we will. But hey, you never if, know. If, if it happens,
1: if it happens, it's going to be one of the most anticipated Western Conference finals we've seen in a long time, regardless of fans or not. I, I, everyone will want to watch that. And Golden State's run through teams. It, it's been no fun. Uh, OK, so uh, the uh, today's game here where I live in South Florida is huge. The Miami Heat's going to be taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, look. It's very hard because I live in South Florida. But Adam, here's what they're saying: This is a good matchup for the Heat. This is the one team they wanted to play. It's one guy. All the you know the Heat knows how to stop them. They have Bam, and you know. I mean, look, I'm just throwing out there all the possibilities. We know that the best player on the court plays from Milwaukee. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And he's so much better than everybody else. It's probably not close, but. Look, Jimmy Butler has been very big for the Heat late in games. Goran Dragic is having the, the last month of his life, probably, since he's been with the Heat. He's been fantastic, too. And it would indicate this by the spread, Adam. Let's take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Milwaukee is not a big favorite in this game. Minus five and a half. It's a top seed over the Heat. The total is 223 and a half. And the Heat did beat the Bucks a couple times this season. So... I can't see, sit here and tell you that the Heat's going to win the series, but I would expect them to cover a spread or two here, Adam. Is game
4: one one of those? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you kind of see it sometimes in these game ones. The underdog comes out and makes a statement. You saw it with Boston and Toronto. Uh, I think that's going to be a series that goes long. Uh, but Boston came out and shot well. Toronto did it. So I think you could see that with Miami. I mean, I, I, I'm leaning towards taking Miami, getting the five and a half. They beat the Bucks two out of three times this year. The one time they didn't. Dragic and Butler didn't play. Now, one of those games, I think, was the second game of the year, and Butler didn't play in that one either. Uh, But yeah, it's Miami's tough. They're a good defense, and you know, I wasn't impressed with Milwaukee in the Orlando series. I know they covered some of those big spreads, but they had to pull away late, and Chris Middleton was shaky. Bledsoe wasn't great. I think this team is a little bit vulnerable right now, so I think they still win the series, but I think Miami's gonna. Give them a battle. I mean, they're a good defensive team. They have some shooting uh, from the outside. Uh, you know, Bam uh, maybe matches up a little bit at times with Giannis. Uh, Giannis is going to get his. I, I think everyone knows that. It's a matter of, all right, can you contain Middleton, Bledsoe, and those guys? And uh, I think Miami in game one will at least keep it close. So I'm leaning towards taking the points here in game one.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if the Heat can get this into game six or game seven, and then maybe something can change at that point for sure. All right, so, uh, look, Oklahoma City, uh, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe their luck has run out at this point. We'll see. They're going to play tonight, Adam. And, and look, the, the spread is, is reasonable here. It, it leads you to believe that the Thunder could bounce back, but the last game showed absolutely nothing. And I would love to say that the reason why was Russell Westbrook, and, and again, I, I know that they look at that stat plus-minus a lot, and he was big on the plus-minus. But he missed almost every shot he took. The Rockets players, of course, saying all the right things after the game. Oh, he was the reason why we won. And and he gave us a lot of energy. But on the court, he really didn't do all that much. It's so interesting with the plus minus to understand how that works. But let's take a look at it here. Houston's minus five and a half. And the total is 225. They can wrap it up tonight. So I guess
4: two-part question. First, Rockets moving on. Uh, second, Rockets covering tonight, Adam. Uh, yeah, I lean towards them moving on and covering. Uh, and I've been pretty good on this series. You know, I did like the Thunder in games three and four. They just couldn't shoot. And that was the problem. Uh, it had nothing to do with Russell Westbrook. All you need to do is look at where that where they shot from three-point range, seven of forty-six, fifteen point two percent. From the field, thirty-one and a half percent. Craig, when have we seen eighty points in an NBA playoff game in this era? Never. This is, that <laughs> was like nineties. I mean, the Thunder had eighty points. It was, so bad. It was pathetic, man. So uh, they they just basically what the Rockets did they said all right uh, Lugin Stortz, go ahead take your open threes he was 0 for nine he just kept shooting them early and they even interviewed um, the coach during the game he's like yeah he's got to do a better job you know we want him to take some of those shots but he's got to drive on some of them so uh, yeah I mean the Rockets the one thing I always worry about with them is if they're not hitting their threes because they're going to continue to take them but they, for the most part, they do a pretty good job of hitting him. You know, Jeff Green's played well in this series. Covington has come uh, alive in the last couple of games. They needed him. So, you know, they find different guys to get it. And yeah, Westbrook only played 24 minutes in that game. He was only three of 13 from the field. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, they got him back fine. Maybe he plays a little bit more here. Uh, and Harden didn't even have a huge game. Uh, he only had 31. I know it's like only 31, but that's James Harden. Like we, we expect a lot more from him. So uh, I lean towards the Rockets uh, closing this one out.
1: Yeah, just, just uh, curious on this one, back to the Eastern Conference, and then we'll move on from uh, basketball in a minute. Uh, there's, a, there's a bet on FanDuel that I was looking at earlier today. The Celtics still plus 260 to win the Eastern Conference. Not to win the championship, but to win the Eastern Conference. And at least from what they say here, Adam, and you could tell me more if this is correct or not, but at least from... The pundits in South Florida, they say that even if the Heat gets past Milwaukee, they're not beating Boston. That's just a horrible matchup for them. So if that is the case, there's only four teams left. Boston already beat Toronto. Like, I mean, there seems like that's not terrible odds. If, if, If you feel that the Heat can give Milwaukee a battle, if not, then it's not.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think this Boston-Toronto series is far from over. Again, if you just look at the box score today and what's the biggest difference? Shooting. Boston shot well. Toronto did it. Boston shot 47% from the field. Toronto, 37%. Uh, Toronto has a history of not playing well in games ones. We didn't see it against Brooklyn, but they did that a lot last year. Celtics, 43.6% from three-point range. Toronto, 25%. But I thought before the playoffs, I think the Celtics were plus 500. I thought that was a good bet, and then you hedge it, uh, you hope they play Milwaukee and then you hedge it and bet Milwaukee. So I, I think we that. talked that's about that. Yeah. yeah. We talked about that before and yeah. you can still do it now. You're not getting as good odds, but yeah, uh, that's good.
1: Plus two hundred and sixty is yeah. not bad at this. And with a one O lead already in the series.
4: Right. right. Uh, but I think it also tells you that they know this series is far from over with Toronto. I'd expect Toronto to come out and respond in game two in a big way.
1: Yeah. And that'll be, uh, that'll be tomorrow's game. Uh, before we go here, uh, uh, is there one player in, in the fantasy football season that in your early drafts or whatever in our final minute left that you would say that when Adam Ronis is done drafting all his fantasy football teams will have the most
4: of this player in 2020? Could be your first round pick or 15th. I don't care. Uh, there's one player going to early rounds that I seem to have a lot of. That's Allen Robinson. Uh, big fan of him. It doesn't matter what quarterback he's played with. I know the Bears are not naming us starting quarterback to week one. Yeah. Uh, Even his teammate, Anthony Miller, is someone I'm taking a lot later. So it's like, wait, you're investing in the Bears offense. Well, there's not much there in the passing game. And, you know, Anthony Miller came in, showed good things as a rookie, was dealing with a shoulder injury, played through it. Uh, So it seems like I'm winding up with those guys quite a bit.
1: Yeah, Anthony Miller was one of my favorite players in college. I was I I wasn't aware that he had like attitude issues. That that's kind of been the thing for me. He's been you know looks like he almost gets kicked out of a game. And in the last game of the season last year, didn't even dive for the ball when it was on the ground. Bears still had a shot to win. Uh, strange player for me, but somebody that was always open in college always open. Every time they threw the ball to him, he was always open. And so I'm hoping it turns around. I have him in a dynasty league, but this is my third year in now. I got to get something. All right, Adam, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. We'll follow you on Twitter, of course, at Adam Ronas at fantasy alarm and wageralarm.com. Thanks again for weighing in on the NBA picks. Adam, have a great week. No problem, man. Always good talking to you. All right. Adam Ronis with us breaking down the NBA like nobody else can. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today in just two minutes. Don't go away. Welcome back. It's time for a little fantasy or reality as we close out the Monday edition of the show here on fantasy sports today. But just a quick reminder later today here on sports grid, you got Scott Farrell going coast to coast. He's going to carry you through the evening, a little in-game live, all the action with major league baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and guess what is coming very soon? The NFL as well. Next week, we had one college football game over the weekend that was played kind of caught me by surprise too, but uh, this weekend it all returns. We're going to have all of the sports back at the same time. The Masters is right around the corner too. And Joe, it seems like for the 4 months where we had nothing, uh, you know, sports are just kind of making up for it this winter. It's pretty pretty phenomenal actually.
2: <sighs> Yeah, I almost feel like we need him to slow down a little bit. I know it sounds crazy, but <laughs> it's a lot to take in here. I mean, just today alone, we would, you know, there were some things that happened today that we could spend an entire segment on. And if we spent like a minute and 30 seconds, it was a lot of time. It's just been crazy between the deadline, the NFL news, the passing of a legend and college coaching and in, in basketball. It's just unbelievable how crazy of a day this has been. And, yeah, it does kind of feel like it's all at once. And maybe we just weren't prepared. Maybe we got atrophied from not covering anything for months and months. Maybe it's us, but I don't know. It just feels like there's a lot going on right now, Kirk. No, there
1: is, and it's a good thing to have it. We can't complain. We we had essentially late March, all of April, all of May. Uh, with nothing, we had table tennis, and we had the KBO come back. You know, we, we, we really we had nothing. I, it's it's a time really and really and i even want to think about.
2: Table
1: <laughs> it, it was it was a rough time to to do what we do for a living, which is try to predict the outcome of sports, which is hard enough to not even have any outcomes of sports. It was it was not something that I hope that we have to revisit ever again. I am going to love in the future in Major League Baseball when they have the trade when they have the All Star game. And there's that one day off in between and where nothing is happening in sports. Give me that day. I will take that day anytime because having it for four months definitely was was a difficult time for sure. All right, so let's get to fantasy reality for the day. A lot of accolades this weekend coming in for Carmelo Anthony of the Portland Trailblazers. Players, former players, all saying how good he looked in a Blazers uniform in the playoffs, how good he looked in his Final game of the season without Damian Lillard, of course, but he did have 27 points against the Lakers. And remember, this is a guy that was like out of basketball there for a year and and sort of was moving all around to different teams and most project him to be a future Hall of Famer in the NBA. But the question that we have for today is, will Carmelo Anthony be back in Portland next year? So fantasy or reality, Joe, Carmelo Anthony will be a Portland Trailblazer and get invited back in 2021. I know he wants to be back, but will he?
2: Yeah, I think a lot of this has to do also with what kind of season 2021 is going to be. When are they starting? How many games are they playing? Uh, I mean, as a veteran of the league, I mean, do you want to put yourself through an entire season again of regular season games? If it's a shortened season, is that more tempting for you to come back? And is it more tempting for them to have him back? Because the older players, we all know, sometimes they don't hold up as well over a very long season. I'm going to say... Uh, The reality that he will be back. I think it seems like a good marriage right now. And maybe this is exactly what he needs to finish kind of strong in his career because the Carmelo Anthony career certainly has had some high and low points. We can all say that a lot more high points, I would imagine. But there have been some lows, too. But you're right. He's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. And if this is a good spot for him and he seems like maybe he's enjoying himself here at the end of his career in the role he's got with this particular team and his teammates like him as well. I mean, you know better than anybody uh, when it comes to these players. Sometimes it's about comfortability, especially with a player like Carmelo Anthony. He's already made so much money in the game. It's about, hey, can I win here? And am I comfortable here? Do I like the environment? Do I like what's going on? And it feels like all that kind of lines up. So I'm going to say reality. What do you think?
1: I'm going to say reality, but but I kind of disagree with the premise here. Uh, rea- reality is is that I do believe he'll be back, and I believe he'll be back with Portland. But based on Carmelo Anthony's actions over the last few years and the actions of other teams, I don't think he's going to have much of a choice. And he, to me, Joe is one of those guys uh, that is a hall of famer without a doubt, but he's one of those guys that you cannot tear the Jersey off that won't retire until you tell him that he has to, I, to me, at least that's the way that I see him. He's been on, I think three teams in four years and uh, you know, considering playing overseas as well. So uh, I, I think he'll be back. I think he'll be back, yes, and I think he'll be back with the Trailblazers, but this is not like, to me, Joe, like Dwayne Wade, who retired you know, on his own terms. I don't think that's going to happen for Carmelo Anthony. I think he's going to just be out of the league because no one's going to want him at one point, which basically happened before he signed with Portland. So agree agree with the end result. The premise, I think, is a little different, at least in my opinion, for Carmelo Anthony. Okay, now let's move on to Major League Baseball. This has already been a more exciting deadline that I anticipated in a 60-game season. And and look, maybe part of this was uh, clubhouse. Maybe part of this was attitude. And I think that we're all looking at the Mike Clevenger trade as the big bonanza trade thus far. But I think it's pretty obvious at this point they wanted him out of that clubhouse and out of the culture, regardless of how good of a pitcher he is. And they're hopeful that when he goes to San Diego that he can be an asset to them, which certainly could be the case. He's a very good pitcher. Um, But that was the biggest trade thus far. The player that we're going to talk about would be the second biggest trade if it ends up happening. Fantasy or reality, Joe, Lance Lynn, who's been as dominant as anybody in the American League and probably would be the Cy Young Award winner, if not for Shane Bieber, will be traded today by the Texas Rangers. Rangers have already traded Mike Biner. They are not going to the postseason this year. That is evident. But does
2: it take two to tango on this one, or is Lance (laughs) Lynn traded at the end of the day fantasy reality uh, you better get a haul for him because this guy's he's a hoss and he's been pitching like one uh, mean, really I mean the fact that minor got dealt too I mean that tells you that they're throwing up the flag I guess the question is you know when you're looking around do they say okay we'll move on with minor you know he's free agent next year we need to really get paid here for Lance Lynn if that is not available if you can't get a big time prospect for a guy like you said who's I mean fuck, I'm gonna argue that Lance Lynn would be the biggest name traded right now You know, I understand Clevenger in the fantasy realm has been a hot commodity, but Lance Lynn's outpitched him the last two years. So uh, let's be honest. Lance Lynn has been about as good as anybody could possibly imagine. And uh, I think he would make a huge, huge difference for any contending team. Um, I'm going to say that he will not get traded today. And uh, I think that's only because they did trade minor already. And maybe they're just looking at, Hey, next year, different. Let's keep the assets we have. Maybe try to, you know, keep Lynn around too. And then, Next year, kind of go at this ballpark opening 2.0. Uh, I imagine they have to get blown away with an offer. You probably know better than me, Craig. So tell me, fantasy reality that Lance Lynn uh, finishes the day as the Texas Ranger.
1: I, I think a reality because I think everything that the Rangers tried to accomplish this offseason was a failure. They they really did not do as well as they wanted to do. And, and I do think that they are moving into a new ballpark. They're already in, but the fans will be there next year. And I think they're going to have to make a few big splashes. And and if they could get a major league-ready player and maybe even a major league-ready pitcher in return, I think they have to trade Lance Lynn. They're going nowhere. Uh, I I understand that they they really don't have anyone to front that rotation. But for John Daniels, the uh, vice president of baseball operations, they better pray that that Corey Kluber is healthy. Because if that trade that they made doesn't work out at all, they'll have nothing going into next year. If Kluber is healthy and he confront them next year, start opening day. I think they're okay without Lynn and Minor. They'll add pieces along the way. I think we could live
2: with that. And Miner, by the who, way, hasn't pitched well at all this year. Who would be okay. a suitor, by the way, for Lynn, in your opinion? Like what, what team right now kind of fits that? Uh, the Yankees, that? absolutely. The
1: Yankees, no doubt. Yep.
2: But who would they be able to give back in that deal that fits that billing that you're talking about, a young Major League ready pitcher that you think I mean, you're like Severino?
1: What's that? Davey Garcia. Yeah. Davey Garcia.
2: Maybe. Davey Garcia. Okay.
1: He, he made his debut the other day. I may, you know, yeah. maybe there was a reason for that. Maybe they called him up to showcase him for other teams. I I, uh, I think they have um,
2: Clark Schmidt. Well, Clark Schmidt there. is another pitcher. Schmidt's another one, too. I would have to be. I wonder if I have Michael King? those guys to get done. Yeah, Kings. I'm, well sure I'm sure it would.
1: I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would, but I, I think the Yankees are the perfect spot for him. And also, you know, you know, at 3:58 Eastern, Houston's going to do something crazy. They do this every year, right? I mean, they're going to do something wacko <laughs> right before the deadline every year. They do it, right? Grenke, well, Verlander,
2: I mean, you know. Well, here's the question: All of a sudden, if you get Lance Lynn, Grenke, the way Framber Valdez has pitched this year, McCullers has been better lately for sure. All of a sudden, they're going to be right back in it, despite all the injuries, despite everything in there, and they got the gas to do
1: it. They got the assets to do it. And by the way, getting Lynn for Houston makes more sense in Texas because it helps Houston beat the Yankees. It also helps Houston beat Texas in the last month of the season. They got to play each other a lot. So Mm -hmm. good move. I would think for them, but we'll see. All right. uh, Finally, uh, how about this story? Now I want to be very clear there. You know, I live in Florida, so (laughs) I deal with alligators. I don't deal with crocodiles. Okay. There are two different kinds of, uh, of, of species here, a crocodile and an alligator, two different things. Now in Australia, over the weekend, they caught a 14 foot crocodile, and and picture that for a minute, okay, 14 feet. So any seven footer in the NBA, this is two of them, and weighing in about 700 pounds, one of the biggest crocodiles caught in the history of mankind. And so it was in a tourist hotspot too, which is never a good thing. But fantasy or reality, Joe, because a lot of this is based on tourism, and we've been to zoos and places like this. Fantasy reality. You have come in close contact, Joe Pizzapia, with a wild animal over 10 feet. Fantasy or
2: reality? Well, I'm going to assume for the entertainment value of the show, we meet wild animal out and about, not like on some safari where you're in your car and they're sticking their face into your car window or anything like that.
1: Absolutely. You you are staring down the, the barrel of an iguana. (laughs)
2: <laughs> 10 foot iguana That's pretty big no, no, you better no, no, watch same. out wherever you're uh when those iguanas start freezing over florida and start dropping uh, which again i had no idea about until that conversation with you and it's changed right. my whole world and i haven't been able to sleep ever since however i will look at this and uh we've seen bears in new jersey uh I, I haven't seen one up close but i know around the northern jersey area where i used to live there were some reports now and again uh i myself have never seen an animal up close, 10 feet away or whatever, uh, that is over 10 feet long. I nope, If I see it, I'm running in the other direction because I'm just a stupid city boy from Brooklyn. And uh, no, we don't do that. We don't do wild animals. The, the wild animal kingdom I have in my backyard right now is plenty for me. We've got rabbits. We've got groundhogs. We've got birds. We've got mice. We've got all kinds of things like that, but nothing of this size. This is an enormous size if you're living out there amongst the animals, God bless you. You're, you're better than me. But that's about. we have the rabbits, the bunnies that come around. That's very cute. That's all great. But no. You know, my neighbor, they've got chickens, for God's sakes. But there you no, go. A 10-foot I, chicken. Like, oh, yeah. we got, we got chickens right next door. They've got a coop. And, and my neighbor gives us, Well, I would say once a month, she'll pop over and give us a whole dozen of the fresh eggs, which that's nice. I, had, I had never had until recently. And let me tell you. That is a that is a game changer. That is like the the fresh egg from the from the chicken, from the hen, right next door. Complete game changer. Crazy, tastes totally different than anything you ever had. It's absolutely delicious. But I think it's also the payment because they also have a rooster. It wakes me up uh, most days around like. No, six I was going to ask about
1: that. Yeah, the rooster. That's yeah. no good. Yeah, it's yeah, a problem. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Er, er, not good. How about you, Craig? You ever see oh. an uh, animal of this size? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Definitely uh, an alligator on the golf course oh. for sure, over ten feet. Yeah, yeah, wow. no, no, no doubt. And, alligator
2: on the golf course? Yeah,
1: for sure. Do they call yeah, an not animal 15. control? What do they do? Yeah, they called the animal control immediately. Yeah, I remember that's when it, it was about six, seven years ago.
2: Oh, my God. So, I mean, listen, what happens
1: is it's like a fish story. It's like it probably, Joe, was a 7-foot alligator, but they said it was 10. You know, it's like, oh, it was a 10-foot, 20-foot alligator. You know, it's like, you know, you hear those stories. They're not always true. Uh, So I don't know whether or not this was the case, but never a fish of any kind of 10 feet. Uh, Dolphin, you know, I've never got to that level, but there was definitely an alligator one time on a golf course where everybody was asked to stop. And they said it measured in. I believe it was eleven feet. So
2: you, it's happened Antonio to me. Brown never invited you on the yacht to go like marlin fishing with him or anything. Like that? No,
1: no. I'm still waiting for that invite. I he signed with it seems like at that
2: time. No, not yet. He signed, but with he me? does have a suspension, eight games. So he, he is suspended eight <laughs> games if he does come back. So we'll see what happens.
1: Maybe well, <laughs> it's in in time move for with the... the Jets. <laughs> Jet signing, there you go. Okay, we'll uh, take a quick break. we got the Sports Grid 60 coming up next, and then we'll say so long to you on this Monday. It is our Fantasy Football Draft Week here on the show. We'll cover the NFC East tomorrow. We'll start diving in to a lot more of the players that you should be taking in your draft. I know that my draft is one week from tonight, really the most important one, and then I'm doing another one uh, in Major League Baseball on Sunday. We'll be right back on Fantasy Sports Today with the Sports Grid 60 As we welcome you back here to Fantasy Sports today on Sports Grid, just a couple of uh, quick news and notes before we go. Joe and I, of course, will be right back here tomorrow at noon. What we'll be talking about potentially is uh, yet another question that could be in flux at the running back position, as ESPN is reporting Alvin Kamara is sitting out training camp, at least for the time being, potentially over a, uh, a financial holdout. No surprise there. It's fantasy football season. That's what we do. We break it all down for you. Speaking of which, let's turn it over to Joe Pizopi. He's got the Sports Grid 60. Joe?
2: On Friday night, it was Jackie Robinson night, and the acclaimed actor Chadwick Boseman, who played Jackie Robinson, lost his battle with cancer. Many know him as Black Panther, but I knew him as Chad, my friend from school. About 20 years ago, we were in the same class at Oxford at the British American Dramatic Academy, and I remember the first time I met him, I thought... And this guy's got a real regal quality about him. There was something special there. He was a great guy, wonderful actor, and he will be missed. And certainly a life gone way too soon, but certainly a life that we're all better off for having been lived. So, Chad, rest in peace, my friend.
1: Yeah, really tough to see that over the weekend for sure. And I actually want to, uh, to mention John Thompson passing away today as well. Uh, you know, it's interesting that when I look back on the career that I've had in media, which has you know, spanned, uh, I believe, about more than two decades, uh, John Thompson actually, uh, in the end, was the first coach to ever rip me uh, and okay. rip me publicly as a young guy covering the uh, world of college basketball. Uh, John Thompson said uh, that I basically didn't know the game and uh, kind of questioned the question that I had for him at the time. But you know what? It made me a better reporter and it made me understand that not everybody's going to like what I have to say, whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong. And I'll always have that little piece of history with me that I'll always remember that John Thompson was the uh, very first to uh, sort of put me in my place at the time, going back, I want to say, about 20 years ago. Rest in peace, Coach Thompson. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to. Our good friend, Adam Ronis, for coming on the show. Also, thank you to Jeff Collins for his baseball knowledge in terms of DFS. Thanks to Chris for the updates, Brett Levy, and Danny Olkers, Joe Pizzapia. I am Craig Mish. Talk to you tomorrow at noon. Have a great
2: day, everybody.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.